0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keene Show. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. Just yesterday, I did a live show with um, a former raging atheist and uh, also had some other people on board, and we had some really good conversations. So if you'd like to be a part of that and make some new friends, I do a show every Friday, 7 p.m. usually, and I put a public link out and people can come in. Now you're probably saying to yourself, well, how am I supposed to remember though, Mr. Keene? Simple. You go to my front page where I've got my store tabs, my community tabs, my members tabs where people can join, and you're going to see that All of my shows are scheduled. This means that you can see it right on the front page and click notify. And then you'll get messages from time to time telling you, hey, the show's about to start. The show's going to happen today, that kind of stuff. So you're good to go. Well, I figured I would recap on some of the things that we talked about last night, and I also wanted to answer some important questions that people have asked. I've gotten a lot of questions. People go to my international radio station, listen to my music, listen to the tunes I play, and listen to me talk, which I do quite a bit. That's what it is. It's radio, but what's neat about it is you can actually uh Some of it you can actually watch videos on your phone through the radio. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's why we call ourselves God TV Radio. Well, on this thing, I get a lot of people who ask me questions. They call in and they're like, hey, Brett, what's the deal with this? What's the deal with that? Some people want to know about drama. Some people want spiritual advice. Some people just want a friend to talk to so they can, you know, get out their pain and suffering or, you know, just chill out for the day and have somebody to talk to so they're not alone in the dark corridors of life. Well, one of the things that we talked about last night in the live show, which I found to be quite interesting, uh the former raging atheist, Mr. Nock, he said that he brought up this idea that he thinks in a way the very essence of life is in water. And he points out that the Bible speaks of water as being living. Well, apparently, while he was talking to some atheist about it, You know how atheists are, the critical thinkers that they are, uh, filled with narcissistic rationality and logic only according to them about themselves. Um, They basically made fun of him, and they mocked him and all that. But what's fascinating about it is water is the essence of life. It carries with it the essence of life as does the light from the sun. Nature around us fulfills our resources and takes care of us. Uh, Nature makes sure that we have food, makes sure that we have drink, and all these different things. I believe that the reason why nature exists and why all these resources are in abundance is because God created it. Now, if you were to ask an atheist, where does water come from? They wouldn't be able to tell you. There are scientists out there who claim that it's possible to create little tiny droplets of water, but it's very dangerous. Like you could create a couple drops of water, and this is what it actually says on a science website. It says water is made of two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. The process to combine hydrogen and oxygen is very dangerous though. Hydrogen is flammable, and oxygen feeds flames, so the reaction to create water often results in an explosion. Scientists have only been able to successfully literally make a couple droplets of water. And unfortunately, one of the reasons why you don't hear a lot about some scientists in mainstream media is because they blow themselves up whenever they're screwing around with God's nature. Mr. Knock also believes that, <laughs> he believes that the universe in some way is alive. And I also believe, as does many, many scientists out there, that the universe has the very essence of logic and rationality to it. I mean, if you think about it, how could logic and rationality exist if we come from nature and we come from the universe, then there had to be some kind of rationality and logic to it in order for us to be able to inherit the attributes of logic and rationality. I mean, that's only logical, right? But there's a little catch there, and this is the part where the atheist punches himself in the balls, is logic and rationality has always been an inherited system from that of a mind. So if the universe is logical, rational, and carries with it the very essence of life, and although it had a beginning, it goes on forever, unless you go with some of the speculation of theories of how the universe may end one day, then you have to carry with it the idea that God, period, God, God is the very concept. God is defined as the being that projected this, the very prime mover, the very one who ignited hydrogen and atoms and did all these things. There was a neat thing on a science website about 10 years ago that I read about where it said That supposedly, while scientists were moving their telescope around in space and taking pictures, they didn't have as fancy as what they've got nowadays. But they ended up, according to them, they claimed that they found an ocean of space, an ocean that was bigger than our planet, just floating around in space. Not on a planet, not on any of this. And I remember thinking to myself, how did that happen without, you know, it being frozen. I mean, any movie you watch on television, even if you're not a big science buff, what happens whenever an astronaut takes his mask off in space or you're watching Star Trek and somebody's hurled out of the shuttle bay or whatever the hell that is? What ends up happening? They harden up, they freeze out in space. You know, they turn into a damn popsicle. So, I'm thinking to myself, if that was true, that there was an actual ocean out in space, then why did it it not turn into ice or some kind of hard material? Why is this happening for? Hey, honey, my wife just came in and brought me some coffee. Mmm, love you. Mmm. Yeah, let me take a sip of that hot coffee real quick, ladies and gentlemen. So the point is, ladies and gentlemen, there's two deals here. As far as water goes, um, the claim on our Earth, Be if we were to go just science-based and not throw any supernatural water, concepts of angels, God, demons, the cool stuff, right? If we were to put all that on the, the back burner... And just go strictly nature, which, by the way, I'd love for atheists to try to define what nature actually is. I ask an atheist once and he goes, um, I think it's the shit that's all around me. Ooh, aren't you a clever intellectual giant champion, you? Uh, Kind of. Yeah, it's everything that basically you can observe. But there's also trillions of things in the universe that are right in front of your eyes that you are not able to see because your eyes and your brain do not have the ability, the lens power to be able to see all these things. So if you're one of these narrow minded asshats out here who claim that you won't have faith in anything unless you can see it, well, You must have a lot of faith then. You must be a damn liar because scientists say that there's trillions of things floating around right in your face. And you don't even know it. Right in your nose. Things going into your body that you can't even see. And you only know that they exist when they start tearing your asshole inside out. The point is, though, as I continue to go on this sexy rant that I tend to do, ladies and gentlemen, is... Scientists do not know where water came from. They don't know. They claim that it would have took a great deal of power and ability and all that, and the only thing they've been able to come up with is literally a drop. That's it. And in doing so, they've blown themselves up. According to history, whenever they tried to create water, scientists killed themselves and blew themselves up, blew up their damn labs and entire acres of areas trying to make water. Um, If humans could create water, then we wouldn't have the water storage problems that we've had. You know how they're always claiming, ah, water's evaporating. It's, you know, going away because it's too hot in some areas. Or water stopped, wells broke, or became contaminated and all this. We can't drink out of the ocean because it's got salt in it and all that. And we've tried our damnedest, haven't we? We've tried to create filter devices. We've tried to create expensive ass machines to try to get the poop crumbs out of the water. Because some of you may not know this, but did you know that every water that you drink, no matter if it's that shit from some kind of factory that you bought in a gas station or directly out of your sink, um, that water is basically recycled. You know, every time somebody takes a piss or a dump, it goes up into the atmosphere and then it rains down, and that is basically what you're drinking. I know, it's It's filthy, it's disgusting, but that's how the system works, and that's what humans have been able to do. It's one of the reasons why humans have died from a lot of water diseases and conditions and sicknesses. Not because the water wasn't naturally wonderful at one point in time, it's because humans pollute the air, we pollute the water, We contaminate, we literally kill everything around us, and then in doing so, we kill ourselves. God provided everything we needed, but we have a tendency to repeat our history and fuck things up over and over and over. So where does water come from? When we read the holy text, the Bible, and we read any of the uh, religions out there, the big ones... Like the one of the Bible, the God of the Bible claims that he actually created water. He used the energy and the material of the universe and created water. That's the same way God also created humanity as well. It said that it doesn't say that God said Hababbaagadraabba or you know spoke some kind of magic spell whenever He created us. He actually designed us from the materials of the earth. And then whenever he was creating the woman, he actually used the genetics and the material of man in order to do that. Now, anybody that knows anything about chromosomes or genetics and all that could understand why an intelligent, wise, loving God would actually use the genetics of the human in order to create something that's connected to it in a way. Interesting, right? So, Mm -hmm. Has anybody ever, before we get into more of these topics, has anybody ever asked yourself, why is Genesis written like it is? Why is it? You get a lot of non believers who say, man, the story's rough. God puts this tree out there, and then these two ignorant a uh, male and female who are naked running around in the woods. They take vegetarian advice from a talking snake. Why the hell would they do that? And then the atheist, of course, will chuckle. He'll go, oh, "You believe in talking snakes?" And then I have to look them right in the eye and remind them. But wait a minute, you think you evolved from a snake and you're talking. So <laughs> you're dumb, right? You you got to be kidding. Are you actually trying to insult me when you believe that you're a talking animal? That's right. Atheists believe they're animals. They believe that they evolved from, you know, fucking crickets and frogs and, you know, as Alex Jones says, gay frogs and all this kind of shit. Um, according to atheists, they are connected to everything in the world. And in a sense, even though I don't buy evolution, I don't buy that I come from an autistic monkey, I do believe that every animal and every human on the planet do have a cosmic background with one another. We're a cosmic family. Every life that is on this planet is a cosmic family. We are brothers and sisters and so on. We all come from the same source. And in that way, atheists and Christians and many religions out there, in fact, can agree. We come from the material of the earth. We come from nature. The only difference between the atheist claim, who thinks that he comes from inanimate objects and rocks and shit, is that the Christian says, fine, we came from the material, Mr. Atheist or Mrs. Atheist, but... There was an intelligent designer that actually put the material together and guided the process and got things going. That's one of the reasons why there's so many religious people who are torn between the creationism story and then the concept of evolution. Some people think, oh, I got to do one way or I got to do this way. There's only two options. And some people say, well, I can go with both. And that's a that's a rant inside of itself. That's a, that's a damn complicated belief, but some people got it. It is what it is. Some people actually believe that God created us, and then there was another creation, a second creation, and this creation actually went through the evolutionary process. Basically, humans, there was one group of humans made by God, and then another group of human beings who were basically made to fail. They were the creation, and we were in the image of God. Strange stories, right? Strange stories. So one of the other big questions, and it's something I often get on my radio, it's something that a lot of religious people get, is how do I know what is the right religion? How do I know what the truth is? There's so many religions out there, and even within those religions, there's, Thousands of different denominations are groups. And then you've got the David Koresh's and the Reverend Phelps of the world, where they just go on making their own shit up as they go along, and then usually end up killing a bunch of people, including themselves, when it's all said and done through some kind of huge uh, explosions and fire and death and all that good shit. That's what you get whenever you mix a sociopath or a psychopath with any ideology or methodology. They'll always figure out a way to take something good or positive and turn it into a fucking mess. It is what it is. Or greedy people. Well, how do you do it? Well, I would treat religion the same way I treat the store whenever I'm walking in between aisles and I'm trying to find my favorite cereal. You ever been in the uh, store and you're looking for Lucky Charms or Cocoa Puffs and they're out of stock or there is some, but you also notice right next to the fucking fruity pebbles and the Cocoa Puffs are tricks or whatever it is that you're eating. And there's another brand where it looks just like the cereal that you like, but, The difference is, is there's a little bit differences in ingredients. And it's not that all these generic cereals are bad or horrible or anything like that. But there's nothing like the original, am I right? It's the same with music. The original is always the best. Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, always going to be considered a classic. Somebody's going to come along. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to cover it. And it may be good, it may be this, but it's not the original and it's not the source. And that's one of the issues with religion. So you got to kind of treat it like you're picking out cereal. Do you want the original or do you want the generic brand? And what is the original? Well, in order to figure that out, you have to kind of go back. When it comes to religion, you got to go back in time and look at history and look at what it is that mankind followed. Sure, there were religions that existed alongside Christianity and Judaism. Even the Bible says so. It says that there were pagans and people who believed in other gods and worshipped other things right alongside people who were believing in Yahweh or Yahshua or whatever you want to call it. So that's not the issue. But how would you know? Well, if you look at some of the older religions, when mankind... I believe that whenever Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden and they ended up having children after children after children and their children went on to you know, fill up those genealogies that we all enjoy reading about in the Bible, I think that lots of groups of people ended up spreading out. The populations broke off and people went in many different directions all over the planet. Now, if you're an atheist, you have to believe that's the case, whether you believe in God or not. You have to believe that the origination happened unless you think that slime crawled up on the land in Japan and China or what would be known America. And then it all somehow compatible synced up and it all became humanoids like us and shit through evolution. Or do you think that the slime all created a couple people, you know, the Adam and Eve process of evolution and then boom, it went from there and people and people and people. Really, that's a good question. That's something that we all should think about. Those who believe in evolution, do you think that people popped up in different places? Do you think that, you know, different monkeys around the world did this or a certain kind of primate or whatever? Or do you think it all came from one source or several hundred sources? If you do claim to answer or respond to either one of those questions, I expect you to give me evidence for your claim. I don't want to hear your fucking Star Trek theories or fantasy land that you will attribute to science when it's not. So what I believe is that after God designed people and then people were banished from the garden, they began to populate the earth. And I think a lot of these people took their relationship and interaction with God, and as their languages changed and their children inherited those new languages as they moved along, and there's even a story in the Bible, the Tower of Babel, you can take a look at that, that'll give you a little bit more explanation. But I believe that everybody around the planet, they came up with their own word for God. You know, their families passed on the story of there was an interaction. There was this experience with grandpa. There was this and this and this. And back then, a lot of people weren't writing. They were passing on the stories orally of what happened to them. But I believe that most people, no matter who they were and what direction they went on the planet, they took with them the experience they had with God. They just simply named it different and took upon themselves some of the rules and ideas that god laid out and that's one of the reasons why i think religion there's so many religions out there that's why you see all these different religions and culture because humans are basically believing in the same concept atheists always make that claim don't they why are these religions so similar for that's what makes it so difficult to figure out which one's true they're so similar but why did the chinese actually jump in a boat and travel over to europe and then copy their religion i mean Is that what happened? Is that really what people believe, that some people went into other people's mosque or their little cave or wherever their area was where they were doing rituals and worship and said, hey, this is pretty neat. I'm going to take this back with me, and I'm just going to invent my own shit and throw some of the cool ideas in there. We hear a lot of atheists say that about pagans and Christianity, right? Why is there so many different similarities between it? The Christians must have sat down in some kind of Druid temple and just started writing notes and shit and yada, yada, yada. I mean, do you really believe that? Do you think that? Or is it just that many groups of human beings that were thousands of miles away from each other and probably didn't even know each other existed were having phenomenal, supernatural, extraordinary experiences with God? Because just because you call yourself a pagan, just because you call yourself a Muslim, or whatever the hell it is, you know, kappa kappa tutu from wherever, you know, bumfuck Egypt or wherever you're from, it doesn't mean that God stopped loving you. It's not like God said, well, I've got thousands of people who populated the earth, but I'm only going to hang out with the Jews. Are you kidding me? God loves Everybody. But I also think that God would have probably, out of his vast wisdom and intelligence, would have probably tried to follow what Star Trek deems as the prime directive. I think that God would have probably manifested himself into something that would be comfortable to the specific people that he was talking to. Not to confuse them, not to trip them out, but to not scare the living piss out of them. Come to them as something that won't totally freak them out at all them. It might even feel overwhelming or sensational. But I think that God has always come as some kind of way to every group of people on the planet and spoke truth to them. And then humans, he left it up to humans to be responsible to write what they knew and remembered, whether it was through a vision or through an actual physical experience. And I believe that's what happened. And some people say, well, what makes you think all that? Well, one of the things that atheists like to claim, too, is, well, there's all these Christians who claim to have had experiences, but what about a Muslim? What if a pagan claims that somebody they loved raised from the dead, or somebody thought they were going to die, but something different happened, or a miracle happened for a pagan, or even a Satanist? How do you explain that? Just because someone believes in the devil or even worships the devil or claims to be a part of it for theatrical drama purposes doesn't mean that God stopped loving you. It doesn't mean that God just stopped having a purpose for you. God is always trying to speak to people. And yeah, God is making the effort to do things, but we are receivers. We're kind of like machines. We're like stereo systems or computers we have to basically open our ports. We have to allow the information to get in. And sometimes we take in a little bit, and then we forget about it. Nock is a perfect example. He even said, you know, I've had all these extraordinary experiences, but I keep trying to debate them away. I just want to argue them away because he has this natural desire into him to rebel, to disobey. And he doesn't really... He has theories on why he's like that, but he can't really truly explain it. Why is it that one would have an experience and then they would just basically dump on it? I can't tell you how many atheists I've met out there where they've claimed to see spirits or ghosts or unusual things. And then they argue with themselves. They go to war with their own memories and mind and say, maybe I was delusional. Maybe I was taking drugs. Maybe I was doing this. Maybe I breathed in some funny-ass wacky tobacco when walking past a concert. Yada, yada, yada. People don't want to accept the experience they had, and I think it's because people are frightened. Because if you accept a strange or unusual experience and it opens your ass up to a whole lot of other possibilities and people don't like the unknown you know people say it's easy to be religious or spiritual it's scary as hell when you can sit back and imagine all the terrible things if god wanted to that he could do to us that's scary or thinking about fucking your life up repeatedly over and over. And then, of course, the atheist is going to say, well, then religion's based upon fear. Religion's based upon control. But is it? And does it even matter? If something is scary, if something is about control, does that logically mean that, well, it can't exist or doesn't exist? What if there is a supreme entity up there that says, I want shit to go this way, and it's going to go this way. It's either my way or the highway. You may not like that, but that doesn't all of a sudden mean that God or entity or that being that is speaking to you doesn't exist because you don't like what the hell it's talking about or what it's saying or what it had man write down. That's another thing, too. I've, al- I've always found this unusual, where people say, If God is perfect, then why would he use humans to write down the material or the information and all that? Why wouldn't he? We're created in the image of God. When we father or mother a child, when we bring children into the world, our children inherit our traits. Supposedly, they inherit Our biology, our genetics, and they also learn our bad habits as well as the good things that we do. They even take upon our mannerisms and they take upon our voice traits. Our information, mentally, spiritually, physically, all goes down into our children. So wouldn't it make sense that the way we do things would be a lot like the way God does things? He gives. We receive inheritance. We receive. That's how it works. Why is that stupid, according to non-believers or skeptics or critics? To be fair, a lot of the atheists who do say that kind of stuff are usually young kids who never have understood or experienced what it's like to bring a child in the world. So they have, one, no idea what it means to be an adult, nor have logical, rational thoughts nor do they know what it's like to hold a life form in their hands that they are literally physically and spiritually connected to. They don't know what the hell that's like. That in itself is one of the greatest miracles that you could ever experience. Until you've had that experience, you don't know shit. Until you've actually had a toddler run at you, clomping down a hallway and then run at you like a football player and tackle you, saying I love you daddy or I love you mommy, you don't you don't know what the concept of God could ever be until you've had that damn moment. I'm sorry folks, that's just the way it is. You go through a complete change. It's biological. They even say in science that when you when you breed and you have a child, your chemistry changes. That's true. So, we've had a lot of non-believers out there say, God is magic. You believe in magic. Well, let's think about that for a moment. We're saying that an entity that is alive, that's been around for an extremely long time, managed to have intelligence, wisdom, and the capacity to have unlimited amount of storage of information around it. And not only that, but it actually creates the information, which is like that of the computer. It's very technological. It's something that we could see ourselves as if we were to supposedly evolve long enough or survive, as some people believe in evolution. If we lasted for another couple thousand years, imagine if we don't kill each other or do something stupid or get hit by a fucking space rock. Imagine how godlike we would be 3,000 years from now. I don't believe we're going to last another hundred years, personally. But if we did manage to live for 3,000 years, imagine where we would be with AI and technology, the shit we could do we could probably get to the point where we're able to transform major multitudes of matter and be able to physically model anything we want with that. And that's basically what we're saying that God did. That's what religious people, in a non-so-fancy, intelligent way of saying it, when they say God made us, they're saying that God had the ability to transform vast amounts of power and energy to create things and be able to predetermine as well as leave the parameters open for free will. It's amazing. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that God held up a magic hat and pulled a David Copperfield and dug a damn rabbit out or something like that. When we read the Bible, anytime God does something, he always uses the material and the resources around him that he originally designed and created in order to make things work. And he always manifests himself as something that we can comprehend or understand, whether it be a man or a burning bush or speaking through an animal or writing upon a wall or doing something. He always does it in a way where it's impossible for us not to have the experience and to where we can comprehend it. And he also gave us dreams, dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Dreams are like whenever you put your computer to sleep and all that information still running and background tasks are still going on. We're like a computer. We're resolving a bunch of issues in our head, maybe from our past, maybe pain and suffering, or our body's relaxing, remembering something wonderful that happened to it. It depends. I'll tell you what magic is, ladies and gentlemen. If you actually have the balls or the tenacity to claim that you, in this abysmal way, came into existence from spontaneous generation or inanimate objects, things that were once dead and then suddenly they became alive and they start transforming and metamorphosizing into all kinds of crazy shit, um, that, my friends, is fucking magic. There's no science behind that. No one has ever in their entire existence seen something dead or inanimate come to life, period. That just doesn't happen. And there's going to be some atheists out there who are stupid in the head and don't put a lot of thought into what they're about to say, but they say it anyway, is, well, scientists have one in the labs. And they did genetic splicing, and they were able to create things that kind of lived for about five minutes, and then they died. But, you know, so there's that. Well, the problem is, is that you're saying that scientists went into a lab, set the conditions and the parameters, and the scientists, I would suspect, were already alive, had a consciousness, and they wouldn't be called scientists unless they were intelligent. So, if a bunch of minds go into a lab and create something, that blows your whole came-out-of-nothing shit right out of the water, doesn't it? It required intelligence in a lab in order to do it. It required a living mind to do that shit. Nobody has ever seen different. In fact, science agrees with me completely. It says that all living things come from something alive. At least it's within the universe. The laws of the universe dictate that if something comes to life, it must come from a parent. It must be the offspring of something that was alive. There's only one catch. There's only one way that that can't be the case. But you'd have to believe in God. Because the concept of God, as you're talking about an entity that exists outside of the very laws of nature as we know them, or as far as we can observe reality with our narrow, non-processing transmissions going on. God is the only exception because it's an entity that can step outside of those laws at any time and also incorporate itself into the matter and material of this universe. Since God is outside of the universe, he isn't conflicted by time, space, or matter. He can literally sit out of it like a gamer or a computer person or a developer or a programmer is sitting outside the computer. Time is totally different for the game developer. <clears throat> That's where the video game itself runs like a simulation on its own time, day, and hour. Everything is different. And the things that exist inside of the simulation of the machine They couldn't tell you any different because they don't know what the hell it's like to not be a part of the software and hardware of the machine that sits in front of the programmer. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that I answered your questions. I enjoy these philosophical, mentally stimulating topics. I really love it when people ask questions. I got to be honest with you, the repetitive ones where you just ask the same shit over and over, it shows me that you haven't put a lot of thought to that. But try thinking about shit a little bit. Instead of forcing yourself to think that an idea is stupid, really contemplate it. And don't just say, well, it didn't work for me but it worked for millions of other people according to their claims, so it must not be real. That's narcissistic. Just because something didn't happen for you, just because you didn't get your little red fucking whistle or tricycle for Christmas, but a million other people did, doesn't mean that you're not loved or that there's not some kind of purpose or point in your life. And it sure as hell doesn't mean that your parents are bad because maybe they had something better for you, but you screwed up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you uh, join me on my live shows. I would love to talk to you all more than willing to answer your questions, more than willing to have conversations with you. And remember, before you come in, no reason to get anxious or anxiety or get all wound up and feel you got to scream or yell or act like a dumbass. Just come in and say, how you doing, Brett? And we'll talk. Hell, we might even become friends if you can fucking control your bodily uh, behaviors. All right, folks, have a good one.